And I just felt like that wasn't me. That wasn't a true representation of who I was and what I could do, regardless of the 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 disadvantages I had with having no education or formal education, sorry, um, you know, with being brought up in commission housing and things like that. I just felt like I could still do so much more. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sham and in this episode, we're speaking with Braden Birch, a buyer's agent at Hirsch Property and a property investor at heart. His childhood was a little less than conventional but proves that where you come from doesn't have to determine where you go. Armed with a strong sense of determination, Birch turned his sights from the skate park to success. Birch has worked hard to show the importance of mindset and how it can triumph over a disadvantaged upbringing. As long as you dedicate yourself to it, he's built on his background to form the basis of both his careers, yet doesn't shy away from giving props where they're due. Obviously, a part-time advocate at the moment, so still work a full-time job, so a little bit of a side hustle at the moment. But um, yeah, work in the construction industry at the moment, been doing so for a little while now. And I work on my passion on the side, which is obviously property investing and you know, sort of helping others, uh, you know, get through the journey of investing and, and creating a life they want for themselves and, you know, as I do it for myself as well. His trade background led him into the concrete placement industry where he's been working hard for the past five years. So, pretty gritty game to be honest with you, mate. It's uh, it's not fun at all. It's, uh, it's a hard yakka but it pays the bills very well. So, you got to do what you got to do to, uh, to, you know, keep funding, you know, getting to the next level, I suppose. And getting the next deposit, getting to the next stage. So that's what I currently do. Um, but obviously, obviously looking to uh, just to continue to grow the portfolio. That's the, the main thing. He's the first to describe his childhood as less than glamorous. But he also knows how much it taught him in ways that formal education never could. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Blackburn South, so east of Melbourne. Um, very nice area now, gentrified, but uh, when I was growing up in commission homes, it was a little bit rougher back then, but overall, it's, uh, it's a pretty nice place now to, yeah, east side of Melbourne, but overall, at the end of the day, I had uh, food on the table and a roof over my head, so I can't complain. That's more than most people ever have, but yeah, look, it was uh, housing commissions back then. Dad was in and out of jail sort of thing, so sort of your traditional stigma role of sort of a rough upbringing. But overall, mate, you know, that's just character building and it was a, a great experience. You know, I can't complain as well. I still had, as I said, food on the table, roof over my head. So I had more than most people ever have in their lives. It made me the man I am today and I think it's just definitely, you know, driven a lot of work ethic into me. And um, yeah, it's, it's a good way to, to grow up, a little bit disadvantaged, not have everything fed to you, I suppose. So it's worked out for the benefit. Childhood fun for Birch often centered around areas like the skate park, which were fun at the time until he realized he was skating towards the wrong path. It's not the best, but I never really went to school. So um, I sort of started in year five, I guess, sort of cheated my way through to year seven and then just kind of uh, ended up flunking out of school. So it was a little bit of a disadvantage. I had to sort of learn to read and write at a, at a later age in my, my late teens and it was a little bit difficult on that front, having no background in school and just sort of leaving early and, and kicking around with sort of bum kids and that sort of stuff. So at some point, I had a, a sort of downward spiral in life, I'd say, um, is the best way to put it. I was sort of hanging out with a bad crowd and 
if I continued that road, I was probably going in a, in a bad direction. Ultimately, ended up pulling myself out of that, thankfully, and and set myself in the right direction. Um, so yeah, to an extent, that was a disadvantage. Obviously, you know, not having to go to school. Um, so obviously, I spent all my days just running around doing hood rat stuff and things like that. Thankfully, he was able to pull himself out of it and make a U-turn right in the nick of time. But I never did anything crazy or anything like that, but we're just talking, you know, rough kids hanging out in rough areas, you know, always getting into fights and doing silly things and, you know, it's just always things along those lines. It was never anything crazy or anything like that, but I think if I continued down that road, it was going to lead to things like that. So, you know, being brought up in commission housing, you know, I was hanging out with you know, kids in the DHS space, in residential homes and stuff like that. Um, you know, it was a little bit sort of a rougher crowd and, and they were definitely heading into a bad space. And because I never went to school and I would just be hanging around with these kids, it, they were sort of bringing you down a, a rougher path. Um, so it was, it was sort of a bad space to be around. Um, as I said, nothing crazy at the time, but it, you could definitely see the direction it was going to take me if I continued to go that way. So uh, yeah, ultimately ended up pulling myself out of that a little bit later. Looking back, I used to spend a lot of time at the skate park and, you know, with the BMX bandits and things like that. And um, yeah, I used to do a lot of that and just hang around shopping center bus bays and it's just being little little, little mongrels, I suppose. But um, yeah, that, that was the bulk of it really. The story of Birch's upbringing isn't unheard of by any means, but he's in the minority where he was able to turn around. So, how did he do it? It sounds a little bit weird, but I think I saw more potential in myself. Um, I just felt like I could do more and I could sort of see these other kids I was hanging around with and a lot of them have gone to jail now, a lot of them have gone down past that I've never seen them again and I just felt like that wasn't me, that wasn't a true representation of who I was and what I could do. Regardless of the, the, the disadvantages I had with having no education or formal education, sorry, um, you know, with being brought up in commission housing and things like that, I just felt like I could still do so much more. And I ended up just sort of pulling myself out of that and just sort of slapping myself and saying, you know, Braden, you, you got to get yourself together. This isn't the path for you. And that was sort of happening in my early to late teens. And, you know, I just started, started to, to stop hanging out with those kids, started to getting into training and started doing some, some mixed martial arts and some going to the gym and things like that. Just started to do more positive things in my life because I knew what I was doing and where I was going was going to take me in a bad path. So uh, ultimately, that just ended up being a, a driver for me to become you know, successful and, and achieve my goals. So yeah, it, it worked out for the best, mate. I wouldn't have changed anything. If I go back in time and go back to school and get a formal education or have a great upbringing or anything like that, I would not do it because I just feel like I wouldn't have that fire inside me if, if it wasn't there. He found that surrounding himself with positive people was the catalyst for the renovation of his life. It all just comes down to you, it's your mindset and, and really knowing that, look, this is where I am in life and this is not where I want to be and I know I can do more and I think everyone listening to this podcast can do more with their life wherever they are at the moment uh, if they're not happy with where they're at and just knowing that I can do whatever I want to do, I can be whatever I want to be as long as I'm willing to work extremely hard and, and do whatever it takes to get to where I need to be. He knew the journey ahead wasn't going to be easy, but once he made up his mind, there was no turning back. Thankfully, technology was on his side, as is a special someone. It was difficult um, 
to, to put it in perspective, my partner, she has a, a double degree and she's an engineer and she uh, graduated high school with a 97 ATAR and I never even went to high school. So, um, yeah, but it's been great. She's been there to uh, always uh, correct my grammar and things like that. So, um, she's a gem for that. So, no, nah, look, mate, it was it was challenging but, um, you know, just just – you know, bit by bit, you know, just not looking at the whole thing going, wow, I've got so far to go, you know, being a, a mid-teenager, can barely read or write, just saying, okay, this is where I'm at now. Let's just slowly get a little bit better every day. Um, and I think I was very blessed being uh, in the in the era I am now with technology and all that sort of stuff. You know, you can sort of, you can adva- uh, use it all to your advantage to learn quicker and, you know, maths and English and all that sort of stuff. You know, even just being on Facebook, you learn to read and write pretty quickly. So, I picked it up relatively quickly. <laughs> Coming up after the break, he shares some more about his family. My parents were amazing people. Um, they, they always took good care of me and all that. How property investment came to mind and why it was always his plan A? I always knew that rich people invested in property. I think it was just sort of a no-brainer. He gives the facts and figures on how he got his first property off the ground. Making no decision is making a decision at the end of the day. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. While Birch's childhood may have been missing some of the things many of us take for granted, it wasn't lacking in love. My parents were amazing people. Um, they, they always took good care of me and all that. So although the story looks a little bit grim, I always had great parents that always um, you know, put me first. So no, that I was always fine to stay at home um, and you know, always try to milk that as long as I could while I was investing as well. You know? <laughs> if, you can, if you can do it, you can do it. So um, yeah, no, they're the best. So, and they're ultimately my motivation too for what I do and the people I love. You know, I want to build wealth not just for myself but for them as well. I want to retire the parents and you know my partner and everyone else. So, you know, they're the fuel that lights the fire sometimes. Mum's still around. Yeah, no, mum's still doing her things. Um, but you know, she's um, she's remarried now, so she's uh, very happy. Um, but yeah, everyone's all good, mate. Yep, yep. And, and do you have any siblings as well or were you the only child in the family? So I'm the baby of the family. So I have uh, four older, three, <laughs> two older sisters and, and one older brother, sorry. So I'm the fourth. Um, so I'm the youngest, but they moved out a lot earlier than uh, than me. So they, they left and I didn't really spend a whole heap of time with them. So I was more or less a single child in a way. My brother's in corporate and the other two in retail. So um, yeah, my brother had a similar upbringing to me actually, but he uh, he had a yeah, similar story and he took the corporate route actually and um, you know sort of had a somewhat of a disadvantage upbringing but turned it around as well so he's done really well and my sisters are killing it as well you know similar story they had disadvantages but um, they've all made something of themselves and their family people now so yeah it's all been positive man. After leaving school he knew he was at a disadvantage in terms of his skill set and what he could and couldn't do. In true Birch style however that wasn't going to stop him. I was determined to become successful. Um, I really wanted to prove the teachers wrong. You know, everyone said I was crazy for leaving and I was, you know, never going to make something of myself, um, which they had every right to say so. I mean, it looked pretty dark at one point, but, um, you know, I had this burning desire to, to, to prove them wrong and prove the haters wrong and make something of myself. So 
look, I, I left school and I was always just trying to make a quick buck, always trying to get rich quick, trying to start some sort of business or trying to start something to, to make my million dollars overnight, whether it be something online or I'd be doing something that just never had any long-term value. I wasn't taking anything super seriously. It was just, let's get rich quick, quick, quick. Ultimately, I just kept failing and failing and failing and failing. So it never went anywhere. Um, I was just really, I didn't have any skill sets. I didn't know what to do. So I was just didn't know how to become successful. And that ultimately led me to getting into property investing because of all those countless failures I had with trying to get rich quick. I ended up learning about long-term wealth and building things slowly. And that was my sort of discovery into property investing. Wow, that's really interesting. How did you stumble across that? Because as you said, you did try so many things. Do you remember recall when you go, oh, you know, actually property investing and building wealth, this is something actually I can resonate and, you know, this is where I want to go through. I always knew that rich people invested in property. I think it was just sort of a no-brainer. Um, I think uh, I may have read, I think Rich Dad Poor Dad as we all have. I think I read that book um, with, which was one of the many books I used to read when I could, when I learned how to read <laughs> and um and yeah, so I, I think I read that and sort of started getting me interested in it. And then there was another sort of inspirational figure. Uh, he was a bodybuilder who passed away. His name was Rich Piana um, and he was this millionaire figure and he had all these properties and he, um, he used to just, he'd go to the gym every day because he, uh, he had all these uh, rental properties paying for his lifestyle and that sort of sparked my interest as well into property investing. So he was an American guy. And um, yeah, that, that got me interested in it too. And I said, okay, I think I should look into this property stuff. It seems pretty legit. Once he realized property investing could be the vehicle to get his life up and running, he started revving some other engines to make a buck. So I knew nothing. I had no skill sets. I didn't know what to do. So um, I thought uh, I could mow lawns. Uh, that was pretty simple. Um, I could figure that out. I knew how to turn it on. I knew how to do it. So I got a job mowing lawns and doing gardening. Um, it was pretty unglamorous work. I was a little bit embarrassed to do it, but you know, it is what it is. I just had to do it. It was a job and it paid about 600 bucks a week, um, but I was living so frugal at the time, so, so tight and all my friends and family always laugh at me being such a tight ass, but it is what it is. You got to do it. So I think I was making about 600 bucks. I was saving about 500. Um, I used to just a little bit of petrol, uh, a little bit of white rice and chicken and a gym membership and that was me. I was sweet. So um, I used to drive this bunged out, beat up car and the rest would just get saved and saved into my deposit. So that was uh, that was the name of the game, just save and save and save. Um, and yeah, that's all I could do. So ended up getting a loan and, and pulled it off. Sometimes it's all about knowing what you don't know and not pretending to have the skills you don't. I think I saw the value of a buyer's agent at the time. I knew I had to use one. Um, I was very nervous about making mistakes. So I think the value in using a buyer's agent your first time is pretty important when you don't know what you're doing. So I had to reach out to one um, and obviously like paying the fee and stuff like that was super hard on such a tight wage but I managed to find someone and sort of presented where I'm at, what I was doing and they said, yeah, you could probably make something happen. Let's see. <laughs> um, so yeah, ended up getting help on that front. Um, and yeah, it wasn't a glamorous property, that's for sure, but it was something and I was super proud of myself being able to pull off the first deal and and from that, it just sort of snowballed, man. I think I paid uh, just under 200 for it at the time. Um, so I managed to save up that, yeah, 25 grand or something like that over a year um, and yeah, managed to purchase it in uh, in Brizzy, um, which is sort of my favorite state to invest at the moment. 
and and bought down there and um yeah it's done okay man it's been a couple of years now it probably hasn't been the best performer the but it, it's done okay for what i paid for it after putting off his formal education earlier in life birch wasn't about to procrastinate on what he knew would help further his goals making no decision is making a decision at the end of the day if, if you're just on the fence about it you know even if it wasn't the best thing ever, you know, best property ever, you know, it was still great to get my foot in the door and learn how the process works and all that. So that was just an invaluable experience. I think I was on the fence when I bought that first one, whether I wanted to continually buying cheaper properties and cheaper assets, or did I want to, um, you know, take a, a back step and buy higher quality assets, which I was sort of on the fence about a little bit, which route to take. Um, so I think the first step, I knew that what I was making wasn't enough. So obviously needed to increase my income. Uh, massively because it just wasn't going to cut it for property investing. Um, so yeah, pretty much just started hustling, man. Just started doing uh, Uber Eats, uh, working seven days a week. I'd had a side hustle. I used to build fences on the weekend um, and then I was still doing that gardening job um, but I negotiated a, a pay rise. So I was just hustling, man, saving, saving, saving um, and then managed to buy another property in Brizzy, um, sort of north um, which is a really good asset. Um, I learned a lot more. I was a lot more educated coming into it. I just studied property so much. I became a, an absolute nerd about it and um, yeah, bought a, 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 a more high quality asset, I'd say. Um, so it's leaning into sort of your blue chip properties. Um, so yeah, bought one there. So I'm sitting on two at the moment and just about to buy a third one, hopefully, assuming pest and building comes back all good. Um, so yeah, buying my third one at the moment and then hopefully have another one towards the end of the year. I plan on it anyway. While all aspects of life have been on the up and up since he turned his mindset around, that's not to say his investment journey has been constant smooth sailing. I think it's part of property investing and it's part of anything that sometimes things go wrong um, and they just, it, sometimes, you know, it just, it turns into disaster. So, uh one day I checked my email on my phone, I looked up and I jotted an email from the, the property manager, absolute disaster. A tree root had got into the toilet or something or cracked a pipe, the toilet exploded, um, all sorts of nasties came out, flooded the uh, lounge room, the whole carpet got destroyed um, and then they had to keep the air conditioner running 24-7 to get the smell out and then the air conditioner blew up. So I had to get a new toilet which wasn't covered by the body corporate all the carpets redone and a brand new air conditioner. So it was a pretty expensive bill. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was, sitting, I was sitting there going, oh my God, what just happened? I can't believe that. It was out of nowhere. But you just got to take the good with the bad, man. You know, these things happen. Um, they're going to happen. You know, whatever you do, whether it's property investing, whether it's a business, whether it's your job, you're going to have days where you go, oh my God, I can't believe that just happened, you know. And it's just part of life, you know, things happen, good things happen, bad things happen and you just got to roll with the punches. So I, I was going to crack it, I was going to freak out and then lose it but, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to take a deep breath, understand this is part of the process, it's going to be okay, it's going to be in the long run, it's going to be all, all good, you know, a lot of these things are going to be tax deductions anyway. So you just got to be relaxed, calm and at the end of the day, if you can't handle stress then you can't handle success because it's just a given that, Braden Birch's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. He shares the impact of a decision fatigue. And that was 
a real problem for me because it's such a big investment of your time, your energy, your money. Why today it's less about fast cars and large mansions? I think the goal and the ambition have changed growing up and maturing. He explains why he always planned to steer clear of his home state. I'm Melbourne based and I was never going to buy in Melbourne. And that's next time on Property Investory.